0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. Hey, hello. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, baby? And special guest, Bob Bryant. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. Appreciate well, it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're happy to have you, Bob. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, we haven't met, but um, I, I've been watching you race in the Pro Series, and you're currently P4 in the standings, and you're one of those drivers that was not in the Peak Series, hopefully uh, moving into the Peak Series based on your points. You're looking pretty good. So we wanted to bring you on and get to know you a little bit. Um, and we usually start these interviews out with, uh, you know, what brought you to iRacing and how did you hear about it the first time? But with you, I want to go a little bit further back. Uh, I, I, I typed your name into Google, and I saw something that said Dirty Mo Posse Racing League uh, with Kevin King and Dan Denair, TJ Majors, and some others from way back in 2004. So uh, tell us how you got started in sim racing.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I've been doing a long time. Um, back in 2000, I uh, went and bought NR, what was it, 2002, I think, at that, at that point, and then um, Shortly after that, nr two thousand three came out, and uh, yeah, I actually—it's uh, interesting. We started a sim race broadcasting. It's called the Sim Racing Network. It was myself and uh, a couple other guys, and we actually broadcasts video broadcasts of the races. You know, the way that uh, uh, all the the wonderful networks that, that cover iRacing racing today do. Um, obviously, it was a little more archaic back then. The, the the streams weren't as high quality, but we got the job done, and. Um, that kind of led, in Dale Jr. came around with uh, with DMP. We started to do the broadcasts for DMP, and we also did the, uh, the race server hosting. You had your own dedicated race servers back in the day. So I was running all that and um, running in the league at the same time, and uh, won a couple championships there, and kind of been kicking around for the last decade and a half, I guess.
0: <laughs> all right. And so when iRacing first came out, how did you transition into that? Uh, were you one of the first members, or...?
1: Yeah, definitely. The I, I remember the day it came out. Um, all of us were kind of in a rush to sign up. <laughs> Everybody that had been uh, been doing the NRO three stuff. So, yeah, I, I think I'm a. Uh, I think I I was there from day one for sure, and uh, been here ever since.
0: Okay, very good. Now, um, you're in the Pro Series as I mentioned this year, but you've been in the Pro Series way back when too. Give us a, a quick rundown of uh, you know what series have you run throughout those years, and and what have you been running.
1: Yeah, I mean honestly, I, I haven't really done a ton of competitive i-racing. i racing. I kind of uh um got really busy just in life in general, uh, around two thousand seven, two thousand eight and uh so I've been kinda kicking around in the iRacing racing series and the, the a fix, b fix, c fix stuff. And uh yeah, just kinda on a lark decided uh to, to run road to pro last year. Uh ran pretty good and here we are.
0: All right, very good. Your uh your profile on i racing, your overall oval winning percentage 29.2 percent that's pretty good over a 10-year run so uh good job on that thank you appreciate it all right very good uh tell us about uh your uh that you're running with um uh, in the pro series um and, and are you any kind of leagues or anything like that
1: yeah i'm with uh the drill aisle kind of um I don't know, it's a fun group of guys from uh, from way back in the day. I've been with these guys, uh, John Gourley, um Jeremy Allen, and Steve Sheehan. I've been racing with, with them for, a, I don't you know, 20 years at this point. A um, bunch of other guys that hang out over in that team speak. Brad Davies is in the series already. He's he's in there. So we uh, we have a good time, and um, that's kind of really what it's all about. It's just having a, a good time with my friends. And, uh, yeah, don't really run a lot of leagues. I, I, I tried a couple of leagues back in the day, and, again, I, I just – I tend to not have uh, a ton of time during the week. And the pro series stuff definitely eats into your time with the testing you have to do and that sort of stuff. So kind of sticking to that for now.
0: Yeah. You guys, uh, all of you are running really well and uh, probably in position to move on. It looks like, so uh, yeah, you guys are running hot.
1: Yeah. We've had a phenomenal um, start to the season. Jeremy's had a a bit of bad luck here in a couple of races and Steve got bit once or twice, but uh, Gorlinski and I have kept the nose clean the, the, the whole season. And, um, you know we've coupled that with with really fast cars every week so uh we're we're in pretty good shape for sure
0: okay and your finishes i looked them up a 6th 4th 22nd 4th and 7th but, but besides that 22nd boy you're right there uh top 10 in it to death so uh congratulations on the p4 on points with only two races left how do you feel about that position uh, even if you you get wrecked out you're probably okay
1: yeah i'm pretty uh we're pretty happy with points i, th- I think honestly we're, we're probably we'd have to do something monumentally dumb to not make it at this point so uh, hopefully we, we can avoid that uh, for two races um, And yeah you know that the nice thing about about that we're in is it kind of uh, gives you the ability to to run the races a little bit differently. Uh, I can go out there and, and really kind of go for the go for the win instead of having to protect um, you know risk management, which is I'd say what we've been doing most of the year. Uh, so yeah, I'm really kind of looking forward to the last couple of races here We'll see what happens
0: okay. Uh, let's shift gears. Uh, what's your setup that you race with for hardware and software, your wheels, pedals, or you a monitor, VR?
1: I'm on triples for sure. And, you know, I've had, I've been doing this for, for a few years now, and it's really, really helpful, uh, your spatial awareness, uh, being able to to just see out of the corner of your eye where, where the cars are uh, to your left and right. So definitely a big fan of those. Um, simple G27 for the wheel. Uh, actually, just upgraded to uh, Fanatech's um, CSL Elite pedals, which are phenomenal. Um, in In the short amount of time that I've been using them, I really like the the feel that they have and uh, the 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 stability and the, the the readouts and and that sort of thing. It's very smooth on throttle and on brake. So, uh, yeah, pretty simple setup. Nothing too elegant, uh, but it gets the job done.
0: All right, and then software does uh, Team Speak, maybe Motec, or
1: yep. Oh yeah, TeamSpeak and uh yeah, we use use a lot of Motec for sure. That's been very helpful with uh with the pro series this year. The the car is super
0: sensitive, so. Okay, very good. Uh next, what is your most memorable moment in iRacing so far?
1: That's um interesting question. I don't know. Uh like I said, I've been running this casual or I, I kind of ran iRacing casually up until uh very recently. I'd say Probably the first road to pro race I ran last year. Um, I, I took the VRS setup and made a couple of tweaks to it, and uh went out and won the race. And I was not expecting that. I'm I'm not a not really an open setup guy. I never really have been on iRacing. I've just ran the fixed setup stuff. So to go out there and and uh and win in really the first time I tried at anything um in iRacing and. You know, we just kept the momentum mo- yeah, momentum up and here we are.
0: Yeah, very good. And uh poised to move into the uh what formerly known as the peak series, uh so that's great. Uh we we asked you about Twitter and you said, Oh, you're not on Twitter, but we did ask our listeners for some listener questions, and sure enough got some. Uh at lowline underscore racing asked, what are some of the more striking similarities in the racing between now and then? What are some of the differences? So
1: I would assume we're talking about like NR two thousand three this now or, or I would think
0: so. I think yeah. that's what he was talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean I'd say with, with NRO three the net code you know, everyone complains about the net code in iRacing, um and the reality is spoiled with it. Um uh, you know, versus NRO three. Um you know, contact in that game re- uh, produced disaster every time. Every time it happened, and so you had to be very respectful and and very uh, um, you know courteous and aware of of all the cars around you. And you know, for that reason, I, I never was a big proponent on incident systems and and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, here in iRacing, it's a lot of you know contact can be fine. You can make contact with the other cars, uh, and it doesn't just insta spin you, insta put you in the wall as a result the, the racing's a lot more aggressive um and i think you see that in the last 50 laps of these pro races where where we kind of turn into a caution cycle but you know it's um it's it's fairly similar uh you know racing wise the, the good drivers are still all good the, a lot of the names that that are at the top of the the peep today you know Alfala ran with us in dmp way back in the day uh, a lot of the guys that i'm racing against uh in, in the pro series right now it it we're, we're in that league as well so um, a lot of that's still the same. A lot of the sa- same guys are the same, and, and fast guys go fast.
0: That's true. I mean, uh, when I was googling your name and looking at these old old uh, websites that were mentioning, uh, there was a bunch of names from the Pro Series. So it wasn't just you. But uh, absolutely, uh, at Patrick Falk ninety five. Why do you guys think of the V eight supercars being scanned, and what does that mean for participation in the series for Americans? Also, Lime Rock being rescanned and the new Skippy. And uh, what Patrick's talking about is uh, they just announced uh, uh, that Lime Rock, one of the original tracks, and the Skippy, one of the original cars in iRacing, they've redone them and they're coming out in the next build.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lime Rock is a really cool track. I think all of us probably have a million laps around that place. Um, the Skippy definitely needed a, a, an update. Lime Rock needed, needed an update. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he, bringing the old stuff, all the, the, the stuff that everybody runs, bringing that up to speed probably just serves to enhance the game overall. And especially, you know, your first impression with the game um, or, or with the sim, I should say. So, uh, yeah, probably uh, probably a, a, a benefit in the long run to iRacing for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, uh, whenever somebody starts in iRacing, it's at Lime Rock, usually, you know, in one of the road cars. So uh, why not have that be the best it can be, you know?
1: For sure. Yeah, I think All right. that's
0: probably why they did it. All right. At Lion's Choice, he asked, and I think that's Nathan Lyon. he says, what's your favorite in our 2003 track?
1: Uh, I was really good at Atlanta back in the day for whatever reason. That and, and Richmond, Pacific Line to get around Richmond. That's two. Sorry. I should only give one. There you go. <laughs> there you go.
0: And uh, at Davy underscore Cam said, tips for a road guy who wants to get good on the oval side?
1: Well, you know, it's oval racing and road racing. They share the similarity in that you're still just trying to optimize every, you know, road racing is a, is a lot about momentum, you know, optimizing momentum between sets of, whereas oval racing, you're just kind of optimizing momentum from entry of the corner to, to entry of the next corner. And, I'd say that the biggest thing is, you know, in order to optimize stuff on the road size you, you generally have to really push. I, I, at least I do. You have to push a lot harder. And with with the oval side of things, it's not so much driving all the way up to the limit and being on the ragged edge as much as as it is uh, figuring out the fast line and just being able to repeat that over and over and over again. Uh, so my biggest thing is I, I definitely run with the with the deltas up the the last lap delta. Uh, I think that's a a big help to to just see how consistent you really are, Um, you know, but even without that, that's, that's really the number one thing to focus on is just lap by lap.
0: Okay. Uh, Before we jump into the pro race and talk about Charlotte, I want to look at the points. Uh, Five races down, two to go. We have a two off week uh, before those two races. Uh, You're sitting uh, 16 out of the lead from Graham Bolan. Is that too much to overcome in two races i mean do you have any eyes on the prize so to speak or is that just too much to to get
1: definitely not too much to get if if we go out and execute graham has been incredibly tough this year he's a real talent um he's going to shine in the in the peak series um for sure and for this year and years to come i think but we'll see um we've had really really fast cars including our you know we had a really bad finish at, at richmond but that was more so due to how we performed in qualifying and then yeah we got had bad luck but other than that i mean honestly we've had maybe not the fastest cars every week but really close to the fastest cars every week and, and i don't see any reason why that wouldn't continue we have a couple of uh you know a mile and a half and um and then a darlington which shares a lot of uh, characteristics with the stuff that we've been running so we'll see see if it all comes together i don't know
0: yeah absolutely all right well let's uh you know thank you so much for coming on and uh getting to for letting us get to know you a little bit and uh You've been around a long time, and uh, it's good to see that you're stepping up to the Peak Series, or uh, or formerly known as Peak. And it looks like you're uh, gonna pretty much locked in on that. But uh, let's uh, jump to that pro race at Charlotte. It was John Gorlinski who won. Uh, he was second win of his uh, for him this year. And, and from what I saw, I mean, he just kept the car out of trouble. Uh, that was the ticket uh, if you're going to run well. Uh, took tires on the right caution as you notated at the end of the race it was just caution fest like every lap or two it's another caution and so uh, he just pitted on the right one I thought because everyone was kind of doing different stuff Um, but Nathan Lyon was looking good in the early part of the race Uh, he ended up finished second Uh, Cody Bias was real strong tonight Uh, Jeremy Allen and and Liam Brotherton were also uh, running up near the front what did you see out there?
1: Yeah, I saw a really good race uh, for the first half. I got turned <laughs> right before the end of the or, or the the first cycle of green flag stops. I got I got sent through the infield um, and got really lucky. Got back on the lead lap when the when the yellow came out a bit later. But yeah, it was it was a good race. The the track raced a lot better than I thought it would. The passings a lot better than I thought it's been all year. People just you know at the at the end of these races, the way the way the the point structure works, the way that uh, people are incentivized makes people strange strategies and you know you're kind of at the mercy of, of what line you line up in a lot of the time uh, and this is really the second race in a row that's been decided by um, somebody being on old tires and, and somebody else being able to navigate you know around that car better than the other one you know Graham, Graham Boland kind of had the same thing happen at Dover so uh, and he also drove through the field he was really really good there but Anyways, yeah, I mean, it's, it was really just about survival, keeping the nose clean, like I said earlier, risk management uh, more so than, than anything, and um, especially, you know, when we got into the, the caution fest.
0: Yeah, I'll, I noted on one restart near the end, uh, three cars stayed out. They were on nine lap tires. Uh, there was one guy who did two only, and then everybody else on four, and then they just stack up, like you said, and that it always turned out, I thought, that the guy who's, who stayed out, ended up regretting it. It never worked out.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it definitely seems like that because not only, um, I mean, it does obviously get you tracked and and, and there are reasons to, to do that, especially with, with the way the racing is in the, in the back of the pack. It generally turns into a caution cycle, not necessarily at the front. You know, the guys in the back are also going four uh, wide all the time as well. So, I mean, there's, there's good reasons to do it, but yeah, it's, I agree with you to me. Like most of the time when these guys are are taking two or no tires, they're getting up to the front and then they're, they're just a roadblock and there's nothing they can do about it. It's not like they're doing anything wrong, but they end up getting turned or, or, uh, or what have you. It ends up being a net negative. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the answer is there. You have to to do something if, yeah, it's, it's risk management. And if you're running dead last, you know, you gotta do things like that. And sometimes, so what if it doesn't work out? If, If you get get plowed into you're gonna finish last anyways so um, yeah it's better
0: to stay out and then fall back to 10th and to finish 20th right
1: yep yeah absolutely it's better to to have given it a shot than finish dead last and um yeah it produces that
0: yeah so tons of cautions there uh i think there's a lot of luck going on for the guys that are running well um i think like uh, for example ray alfala uh, again a lucky finish i think he finished p12 he was involved in one of the big pile-ups that happened on all those cautions where a car went clear underneath his car and he was like up at, uh, in the air off the track still brought it home p12 so uh there's got to be some luck involved too to, just to miss all the wrecks that are happening
1: yeah it's i think it's one of those things where the better you are the luckier you get if that makes sense and um, there's definitely a huge element of luck, uh you know, being in the right lane on restarts, not not getting in a wreck and, and that that sort of thing. And if you do get in a wreck, having the, the race go a certain way to where you can still get a decent finish. I mean there's there's a ton of luck in all that, but there's also a lot of skill in in, you know, the risk management portion of things. Uh and and honestly that's why I think, you know, a lot of the, the guys towards the, the front of the pack, I think they're really good at that. They're they're good at looking at the 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 risk side of things and and just weighing things properly. I think that's uh, definitely a huge element of the pro series.
0: Yep. Well, let's look ahead next two weeks are off for Thanksgiving and then week 13. And then uh, I think Darlington, I mean, what are you, what are you looking at going forward? Just trying to, to win, right?
1: Yeah, that's it, man. Just looking to win. We, uh, we have a really good car, really good base setup. Um, Everything is, is, know fairly similar tracks from here on out darlington they all have a little different characteristic but generally they follow about the same same uh same setups um so yeah we'll, we'll see i mean i'm i'm definitely looking forward to it. it's nice to have a really fast car and, and be able to go out there and really cut it loose the next couple of weeks so looking forward to it and hopefully it'll be fun
0: all right well congratulations on the good run this uh season and look forward to seeing you in the 2020 uh Peak Series, uh, and when you get your first win, we'll have you back on and uh, tell us all about it. But thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate it, y'all. Thanks for having me on. All right, you bet. Thanks. All right, let's jump into topics next. David Hall, we got the Supercar E-Series Champion has been decided.
2: We have an announcement from Gfinity AU uh, that they've crowned their 2019 uh, Supercar E-Series Champion. Congratulations to J.K. Rogers. Um, This is Josh Rogers and at follow WAU on a fantastic season. Uh, We got a tweet from Josh that he managed to come away with nine wins and 11 podiums from the 16 starts. He shoots out a massive thanks to uh, Jay Fitzell for his work throughout the season. He thanks both uh, the SimSport, Coanda SimSport, and follow WAU for their support all season and is looking forward to the weekend.
0: So he did the Porsche series. He got the endurance series. He got the supercar series i mean what can this guy not win put it in peak road yep he's a uh, member martin Cronkie used the, the guy who was just the dominator on the road but this guy definitely is dominating this year so congratulations to josh all right let's keep going will uh we got a first look at lernerville speedway
3: yeah uh, last week actually just prior to us uh, recording our show they posted up a video of lernerville speedway um there's a couple big things with this track um first off there's no outside wall in uh the turns in the back stretch so i expect to see a lot of videos during week 13 of people uh going off that and possibly jumping back on and another thing uh, this was a highly requested feature from the dirt community is the pits are actually outside the track Uh, currently all tracks you pit on the infield whether you do so in real life or not but this is the first track that we're actually going to be able to pit outside the racing facility so I hope it works well and it gets implemented to existing tracks where it could be actually done in a proper way. Pretty cool to see that.
0: I actually think this is the way race tracks should be designed. We shouldn't have a wall. Why would we want something hard and stable for a car to run into and damage a driver? Uh, this would be better if you had proper runoff and you don't need a wall, right?
3: Yeah, I'm curious to see how these races play out. They, uh, In the video, they did about maybe five, six laps in the 305 sprint car and you could run right up on top of, on the, like on the backstretch, right where the track kind of fades away to the uh, runoff area, and there's a lot of speed that it looks like up there. It'll be definitely be neat to see how those races play out and how it uh, affects safety rating in those weeks. I don't know if you recall a recent interview with, with
2: Richard Petty on, on Dale Jr. Download, talking about some of the tracks not having walls, and he didn't seem to be too in favor of it. Of course, that's, uh, that's asphalt, Made a different story.
0: Well, the trick is, does it have runoff, or is it just like fans and trees and other things, you know? The track looks pretty cool, four-tenths of a mile, so uh, pretty cool. Next up, I have uh, a reminder. We talked about this a long time ago, but uh, I had to reinstall Windows on my computer recently, and I realized uh, when I went to the iRacing forums, they were white, and they're blinding blindingly white, and I forgot that I used dark mode, and so there is a dark mode for the forums, uh, thanks to member Jerry McAvery, uh, who shared the link in the forum. It's a stylish chrome extension, uh, and so you just open that up, and then you pick the iRacing. I think there's a gray and then a dark, and I think I'm using the gray, and uh, I love it. It's real easy on the eyes. We got links in the show notes. Show notes can be found in the description of the podcast. David Hall, an annual request for the Most Sport Oval. An oval at Most Sport?
2: This is a request, and I suppose it's an annual request. Uh, back when they did the scan of Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, they also scanned their short oval track that was there. And um, since then, the track has actually been reconfigured and the oval has been destroyed. So the Canadians are kind of wanting to see this At least as a tech track kind of kind of the same way everybody's wanting to see Is it it, was it rockingham no we already have rockingham it was uh which track is dale
0: jr projecting to work on oh he's gonna go pull the weeds out yeah boy is that wilkesboro that's not wilkesboro yeah north wilkesboro
2: okay um so they're kind of wanting to see the same thing happen with here because they they have the scan data but they just haven't developed it uh it's a neat idea the more content you can throw on here that's semi-fictional but still has some some of the old surface data it's actually a, a nice of history
0: yeah absolutely why not you know i had no idea that they had that oval there and uh, might be a fun to run it with some of the small cars yeah we need uh some of the canadians like greg or tony on tonight to talk about this tell us what it means to them all right chris we got an announcement about the real life uh, rallycross Yeah, unfortunately there was an an
4: official announcement from um, ARX and IMG um, saying they're shutting it down as the announcement said after consultation with a wide group of stakeholders and interested parties. IMG has taken the difficult decision not to extend the American Rallycross Championship beyond the 2019 season. We would like to thank our passionate fans, teams, drivers, partners, and event hosts for their support and participation in American Rallycross. It kind of sucks to see another one of them go. I know um, I haven't been watching them, so I guess I'm part of the problem. But yeah, it's 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 they're fun to watch. So it's kind of sucks to see them
0: disappear. It is, and uh, you know, it's interesting that. You know, we we have scanned cars and tracks, and, and we can run it. And, you know, they were around for a while, but then they disappear pretty quickly. I wonder if iRacing might be second-guessing if they should even have gone down the path of Rallycross since it kind of fizzled out so quickly. I mean, uh, maybe the, the motorsport series that they're trying to scan should be more established or something before they do it. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, hopefully they at least got their
4: money's worth. I know a lot of people bought the the cars and bought some of the tracks so hopefully well i guess a lot of the tracks were free so hopefully they, they got enough money out of it that they don't think twice next yeah. time
2: rally crash tracks are are pretty short and you know some of the surfaces are already there because it's partial it's partial oval surfaces or, or, or road surfaces that are already asphalt and then they just throw dirt down and so they just have to scan it um so it's probably not as big of an, as an investment is going to like nordisch life
0: right So, I don't know what it means going forward for Rallycross and iRacing. I can't imagine uh, we would find a sponsorship for that series, but who knows? I mean, I I hope they do.
3: I think it's just an American thing. I think overseas Rallycross is a lot more popular than it is here. Um, I think it's still a good ad. I think if I was the old Red Bull um, sanctioning body, I would have wanted my product on iRacing just to help promote it that way. Um, I don't know how those relationships are formed, but... I think any sanctioning body should want their product on iRacing at the moment to help promote it. And maybe things just didn't work out the way they liked. I know there was some controversy when that ended. Uh, I think it's still a good ad for iRacing, not be something popular here in the States. But internationally, I think the participation still is pretty decent. It's always good to have something rather than nothing.
0: Yeah, go after that uh, European series and scan their cars, get their tracks. Why not? Uh, Let's jump to the... uh... Thrustmaster iRacing Rallycross World Championship. So, they, you know, Thrustmaster sponsoring that one. Uh, so, maybe, they, uh, you know, a company like that will continue it like they're doing this year. But uh, I watched round seven at Sonoma, and John Roberts gets killed in the first turn of the first lap. Uh, Yoni Haikkonen gets the whole shot and the win with teammate Sammy Matty trogan second. Uh, back in the field, lots of pushing and shoving with a few cars going off. Uh, Tommy Holman uh, shoved Johan Harth off and kind of drove through him. It was kind of a questionable incident, uh, as they were describing on the broadcast. I kind of thought it was, too. I mean, the guy was kind of, you know, turned a little the wrong way, and the guy just plowed through. But uh, then later, DeJong gets into auto-tasking and got him spun clear around. Uh, That was more of a racing incident, though. Uh, But Heikinen wins, Uh, Rogan second, Zelensky, DeJong, and Garrett Lowe uh, rounds out the top five. David, uh, Speed 51 Elite Esports Snowball Derby.
2: So in a joint effort between Five Flags Speedway, Speed 51, and the Elite Racing League, they're throwing together the Snowball Derby, which is a three-day esports event at the virtual Five Flags Speedway. Uh, It's featuring three divisions of racing, and it closes up with a 200-lap super late model race, similar to the real-life race at Pensacola speed plant. Um we have the Street Stock, which is running there's an entry fee of ten dollars and that also covers the late model race. uh it's on December 1st and it's a 50 lap heat format race starting at sunset with default weather. Qualifying begins at 7 30 Eastern. Now Will you probably know better than me is um there any kind of cap on the number of people that can register in
3: the heat format? No, I honestly don't know. I've never pushed it out. I'm assuming it's gonna be probably fairly similar to uh any other event as far as number of stalls i must max. maybe say 50
0: 60 yeah they'll do max i'm sure but it does uh it does say their heat format with 36 starting the feature but they got late model super late model uh there are entry fees 10 or 20 bucks
2: right the uh the late model races the next day december 2nd it's a, it runs 100 laps and it does it it said it doesn't say that there's a heat format there's a there's a Top six, or the top 30 get in on time, and then the top six in the 20-lap LCQ advance for the feature. Now, I also don't know what LCQ stands for.
0: Last chance qualifier.
2: Ah, there you go. And then the Snowdoll, Snowdoll Derby, uh, a couple of days later, December 4th, 200 laps. You have to change your tires halfway through. Or, well, actually at both cautions, you have to change your tires. Top 30 again in, on time with a last chance qualifier, top six. And there's uh, the races are all being broadcast, two of them on SimTV and one of them on the race spot. All right, I'm, I'm going to try guy, to watch that. Yeah, if you're a dirt guy, I'm sure this is kind of one of the premier events, kind of as exciting as the uh, 24 Daytona coming up for us.
0: Yeah, Speed 51, they're really big on broadcasting real dirt races, and it's really good to see them involved. Uh, I assume they're going to be showing it on Speed 51 but they also say broadcasted by Race Spot, so I'm a little confused by that. They're probably having Race
3: Spot broadcast it and then um, linking a feed over to their their site. Um, but this is actually going to be Asphalt Lane models.
0: Oh duh. Let's, will tell us about the twelfth annual iRacing iFlag Turkey Gobbler 100.
3: Gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this race. This race is actually about to start off here in about 20 minutes. So by the time you're hearing this, uh, events already started. But this is the 12th annual, so I'm assuming it used to be on R-Factor um, prior to coming to iRacing. Uh, iRacing, iFlag Turkey Gobbler. This is uh, Dirt Street Stocks at Volusia. Um, it's a $25 entry, but it's $500 to win and a total of a, uh, $2,700 in purse. Um, I'm actually curious to find this race and its broadcast. And I'm a big fan of watching those street stocks, and uh, it should be a good race.
0: Yeah, I want to watch it too. I mean, if they're racing for $500, bucks, man, that's going to be crazy.
2: Well, the purse is marked at what over twenty-seven hundred.
0: Yeah, there must be a big buy-in. I I never thought I was a good. It was a good idea to pay to race, you know, to buy into these things. But if you're how, good,
2: I wonder how different NIS would be
3: if it was like even even a one dollar fee. That would be interesting. Well, the uh, the prize pool here is based on a hundred and twenty entries. So I'm assuming if they only have 60, 60 entries, um, it's going to cut that in half. I'm going to assume. Right. Um, but it's still a cool concept. I. I think by the time you invest and buy into this, you're taking it seriously. It should be a good show. I'm uh, kind of curious to see how it all works out. I don't think $25 is too bad if you're going to get a, a good, solid race out of it.
0: Yeah, and race with some of the best, you know, going for big money. All right, David Hall, we got a uh, road car development roadmap, sort of speak.
2: Yeah, a bit of an update. Uh, people are always chiming in on what they want to see worked on, you know and that always will tend to come down for each kid, or not kid, for each uh, client, what what cars they're particularly passionate about. For example, I tend to ask to see the uh, Daytona prototype updated. Um, they've built some GTE cars. This is from one of the staff members. They built some GTE cars. They've put out the TCR car and the GT4. The V8s are coming out in the new build, and they have many other cars. Um, the plan is to go back to get some new GT3 cars later at some point, but they want to narrow it down to fewer cars so that they don't have to throw as much energy into the balance of power. Uh, right now, it is very uh, time-consuming for them to balance the five or six GT3s that run in, in the GT3 series. They do have an open spot as well for a vehicle dynamics engineer.
0: So there's that. Uh, Chris, a surprise content announced. Uh
4: yes, we um touched on this earlier a little bit, but um i Racing came out with uh, kind of a teaser of the new the new Lime Rock and new Skippy. And it's a really cool video um kind of showing um how the you know the Lime Rock and the Skippy as they were launched and where they are now and then ending and where they're gonna be with this new build. Um but that's a, a really good video to check out. And also, um there was a um remember on the forums that was, um, you know, one of those posts asking for some, um, more bells and whistles and mentioned that track marshals are something that they'd like to see. And not long after that, I, I believe it was Alexander Horn, um, chimed in and said that they will be coming to iRacing. <laughs> They're in the teaser video of that new track. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure are. And, uh, Greg Hill did, um, Put his two cents in a little later, and he did added that they will be coming along with um, um, other eye candy like uh, corner workers, safety personnel, photographers. But uh, as of right now, those are just going to be kind of eye candy. They're not really going to do much. Yeah, the
0: corner workers don't actually do flagging, and they're not hooked to race control, but they're just visual, that visually there.
2: I was pretty excited to hear about the a Lime Rock. Because it has been completely refigured, and um, it was funny if you if you watch our messenger chat, uh, Mike was kind of like, really? <laughs> he wasn't terribly excited about it. It's kind of like Roval in that um, it's been reconfigured for a long time, and, and so any of the road guys are going to be excited to be able to run the new chicane instead of that old chicane that did not exist anymore.
0: Uh, I noticed the bridge across turn one says Sam Posey Straight. Uh, now instead of i think it used to say lime rock park uh but the other thing about this is nobody knew this was coming i didn't i had i hadn't had a sniff of this that they were working on this that they scanned a track that they scanned a skippy that this was going to be coming out in the build and uh in fact one of the uh Staff members was kind of touting his horn about it that they were able to keep it under wraps. Normally, we see social media with like the scan van and stuff like that, but uh, iRacing did a real good job about keep, keeping this one a secret. They've been hiring by crazy, like crazy too.
4: So you know they have a bunch of new, new blood in there too. <laughs> Still didn't get leaked out somehow. And so
0: I think
2: aren't most of the leaks when when somebody just out in the community sees them at a track?
0: Yeah. Or they're self-leaking, and that's okay. I mean, we want them to do that because that, you know, drives speculation and whatnot. But uh, th- sometimes it's good to keep it a secret, I guess. And this did surprise everybody.
2: It was a pleasant surprise.
0: I think we kind of knew they were going to rebuild the Skippy, though, because we had word that, you know, they had problems with the new damage model, their new tire model on it, and the old. it was such an old car, and it, you know. So... Uh, I'm not too surprised about that, but Lime Rock that really came out of the blue.
4: And yeah, we also have um, some speculation, a nice um, speculation video, I guess you'd call it, by um, sim racer Bo Albert on the forums, and kind of kind of his thoughts on what we're gonna see in the the season one build. And he, w- along with these updates, he's thinking um, maybe some new cars to get the damage models and even
0: AI coming for this build. Yeah, now we haven't talked about AI. He was saying that AI is coming, but maybe for only certain cars, not all the cars. You know, kind of like when they did the tire of version 7, they only put it out on a car to start with. And maybe AI would be like that, too. And that's kind of what he was speculating. I think it's a great idea. Go ahead and toss that on the
4: Skippy and the the new Lime Rock. <laughs>
2: I want to see it on the A-car so we can practice the draft package with cars on the
4: yeah, I don't really know why they're waiting so long on this one. I can kind of understand a lot of the stuff, but this isn't going to affect our official racing. So let us play with it. And if it's buggy, will you have, you know, thousands of beta testers to work those
0: bugs out? Yeah, so I'm kind of 50-50 if it's going to be in the build. I think some something with AI will be in the build, I hope. 50-50. All right, let's keep moving. Kyle Larson, we talked last week about uh, he's going to sport the iRacing paint job uh, colors on his uh, dirt midget. And uh, sure enough, he went out last night and uh, got the win and uh, got a $12,000 check and uh, the trophy and everything. Uh, So pretty cool to see the iRacing colors in victory lane. Good job, Kyle.
2: So the next thing on the docket, 2020 Porsche Cup announcement and qualifying. And I actually need to pull this page up. I had it open. Um, It's previously announced the Porsche eSports Cup is continuing and 2020, the top 20 finishers from 2019 have already qualified, so that makes us 20 spots available, and those spots are going to be filled by taking the top 20 points from season one, 2020, which actually starts in, the, in December 1999, utilizing the Porsche iRacing Cup. Series. Uh, the top 20 points will earn spots for this for the championship series uh, for 2020, which is tentatively scheduled to begin in May, with a preseason test in March. The qualifying series will use standard i-racing points and so i i don't know if that one's one that runs where you can just take as many tries as you want at it or not but so we need to make sure we watch out for for people doing the uh i-rating stacking but or strength of field stacking uh but it looks interesting i now own the porsche
0: so i may why not why not run it just to see where you shake out you know yeah i know when it
2: when it comes to the big on road courses i'm i'm way slow Uh, when I, when I snag my wins, I'm I'm pretty good in the prototype sometimes just because I'm consistent, but most of the wins I snag are because I'm in a split that I can win in.
0: Okay. And he did say there are several big announcements coming scheduled December 7th. Stay tuned. Uh, it will once again be a 10 race season with a large price. So Porsche, step it up to the plate for another year. I like it. All right, uh, sticker update. We still continue to get uh, pictures on social media of all these stickers that we sent out uh, provided uh, to us, uh, you know, by our friends over there at uh, All Star Graphics out of Claysburg, PA. Um, So if you're interested in getting your own stickers for your own race team or league, uh, check them out, All Star Graphics, over there on Facebook. I
2: actually plan on using these guys for some stuff for actually with my high school band. Back at home, so we can start throwing it up on uh, uh, some some of our equipment.
0: The quality was outstanding. I thought uh, they were bigger than I thought they would be too, and um, I have to put one on the back of my truck. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, hardware, software, Black Friday deals. Uh, we have a company, On, Aeron Simulator, and they announced a Black Friday deals. And uh, they're Italian. Uh, we've talked about them before. It's aeronsimulator.com, simulator.com. And uh, they got some slashes like 22% off the handbrake, uh, 8% off of a stationary cockpit, uh, so 12% off of a handbrake, and so forth. So uh, if you're interested, uh, these are the ones that had the pretty cool handbrakes. Um, their cockpit... It was kind of weird because I, it only comes the the part that holds the steering wheel only comes up on one side, not the other, and I thought we thought that was a little weird. But uh, I kind of like their handbrakes.
2: Well, I think we're going to continue down the trend of uh, Black Friday sales. That looks like what most of the next list are. Uh, Sim Labs is also throwing out a Black Friday deal, and they went simple: fifteen percent off everything. They have a code on there, BF two thousand nineteen, and the sale starts at Friday zero hour. On the twenty second, go and runs through the second of December.
0: That's not bad, fifteen percent. I mean, that cover your shipping.
2: Mm-hmm. And a uh, couple of us own Simlab products, and I'm very happy with my rig. It went together pretty easy, and it's definitely high quality stuff. Um, it was in- interesting having to deal with the, the a cup. One of my little things didn't fit on the on the wheel. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was the adapter for the for the mount for the direct drive and I was actually able to fix it by carving out a piece of pencil but that was just a small error the, the rest of it's really nice
0: all right very good chris neva simulation yeah this one doesn't look like a black
4: friday deal maybe it is it looks no. like the opposite of it to me but yeah this thing's about a grand and it's a, a wood f1 style sim seat and that's about it that's about what i see you get for a grand Maybe well, you have I'm to crawl something.
0: into that thing, don't you?
4: Yeah, it looks it looks kind of uncomfortable and expensive. I think you could probably get online and
0: print you up uh, a template for this thing and build it yourself for about 100 bucks. Yeah, so this was an interesting cockpit, I thought, but it's uh, nevasim.com. Like you said, I think it is overpriced. If it was half that, I think... It'd be a lot more enticing.
4: Yeah, they do sell some other cockpits and stuff. And, and some of them, I mean, it's really, uh, it's kind of artsy looking. It looks like it, it'd look really fancy in your fancy apartment. I don't know that I'd want to race it up for four hours.
2: I'd like to hear from some of our listeners about um, that run in an F1-style rig instead of a GT-style. I'd really like to see how, uh, how comfortable they find them.
0: Yeah, they're really like laying down almost. If you look at that rig on the bottom right, uh, it, it says the Formula One Home Edition. Uh, boy, it's just, uh, you're, you're really laying back. I think it, it seems like it'd be super comfortable. It just doesn't seem
4: like it make a lot of sense if you're racing anything other than an F1 car. You know, something where you're, that's what the
0: view is meant to look like. All right, moving on. I got the AP Xtreme Racing Simulator. Uh, that's the name of it. And it's actually rickmotech.com out of uh, South Miami, Florida. We've talked about Rickmotech before and uh, thought I'd point out their... Uh, their chassis here um it ships free uh one thousand one hundred ninety dollars uh what do you guys think of this thing uh it's quite adjustable stationary cockpit
2: um it looks nice at first i thought i wasn't sure if the uh if if the pedals had a post in the middle but it looks like it does it looks like it it's standard float over you so it's expensive but it looks very adjustable
0: yeah and um if you scroll down, there's a, a video that they put together that really led me to this uh, by Robbie Unser uh, who, from the IndyCar series from way back in the day, and he uh, is down there in this cockpit and talks about, uh, you know, what he thinks of it, and uh, he is on, I think he's on the motion uh, version of it, so this is the motion version, and um, <clears throat> it's got belt restraints and a, a belt system and all that. And uh, I was pretty impressed by this uh, this video.
2: Something that uh, sets it apart is most of the most of the rig designs, the eighty twenty rigs, the posts that go up to hold your wheel mount are just vertical, right, just straight up and down. This has got some heavy duty curved uh, metal cuttings that uh, put that mounted further down towards your feet instead of having it beside your legs. It, if you like having a little bit more space for your legs if you happen to lean lean out with your knees
0: i haven't figured out the pricing on the motion well um and i don't know if it's just because this is something new they're offering or what or i'm just blind but anyway pretty cool Uh, check them out rickmotech.com uh let's keep moving David, uh, cube controls Formula Light. We got sixteen percent off for this one. Yep,
2: another sell. And I'm looking at this wheel, and I'm tempted. Uh, if anything ever goes wrong with my current Formula wheel, uh, I may go with this one. I like a lot of the positions uh, uh, on it. it, and it just looks cool. Even though I never look at my rim, it's got uh, it's got both. It's got two pedals on the on the rear end, or paddles. Uh, one is for clutch, so I'm sure it's analog. And also for shifting, and just a lot of nice features, and it's running for six fifty euro minus the sixteen percent.
0: This is the the cube control is that one that uh, Lando Norris runs, right? That's really nice. Wow,
1: well, this you. is
0: the light version of that, I think. Uh, so this is why they call it the cube control formula light. Um, so it's kind of a toned down version, but uh, yeah, that's a good price for that particular. Week. Okay, let's switch to pedals. Chris Sim tag pedal.
4: Yeah, here's another one that's um, up there in the price range, but I think you kind of get what you pay for here. Um, these uh Holy cow. By, yeah, simtag.eu. So it's European company, and I mean, these things are legit. You're going to spend two to three grand on them, um, depending on the options. If you get um, a master cylinders for all three pedals or just two, but uh, this is probably going to give you the most realistic feel that you're going to find outside of a race car. I mean, they're, they're using
0: Wildwood master cylinders and i mean
4: everything's just
0: solid yeah the ones at the top that are three thousand euros oh my god i'm drooling over yeah how do these compare to yours i was gonna
4: say you have hydraulics how do these compare to the ones you have They're about twice if you go premium they're gonna cost you almost
0: twice as much aren't they well i don't understand why do we need hydraulic on any of the brake i i don't get that but apparently that's how this is designed I only I think have clutch it on the pedals.
4: brake. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you, for, it's like an extra five or 600 to get it on that clutch pedal. I
0: think that is definitely overkill. Yeah, my pedals are like spring-loaded on the, the throttle and the clutch. They're just pretty simple spring, but the brake is hydraulic. But these pedals we're looking at, there's hydraulic reservoir on all three of them. It's crazy.
2: There was, uh in Irish driving world, or driving world, there was a... A uh, big discussion just recently, somebody asked how much better hydraulics are versus, say, the, the fully upgraded V3s. I don't think we have it linked. That's a group you have to be in anyway, uh, but it was an interesting discussion to read up on.
0: Yeah, and as you scroll down, they have another version uh, where it looks like, like mine are, where it's only the brake, and that's €2,407. Euros. Uh, and then there's another version, €2,286. Euros. The black edition and the silver edition, as they call it. So, uh, pretty interesting. Simtag.eu. I think we've mentioned them before, but I just, every time I see those, I got to bring them up because they're just awesome. Okay, next up, iRacing iFlag has uh, put out an announcement that our new and latest design is now on the printers. We have added a tripod mount to the bottom of the iRacing iFlag. And we also made the front of it magnetic for a front tinted cover that we will be releasing soon. So who has one of these?
2: I I don't know how how it's it would be. Joe bought one,
0: but kind of neat to a tripod mount. Um, I guess that you know, so you can just mount it somewhere. Uh, maybe uh, a, a camera tripod might work pretty good to kind of put it behind your triples where it's up above the triples. You know, kind of peeking over, kind of thing. So, uh, not a bad idea. What do you think the the magnetic front uh, for a cover is for? Why would we want to cover it? I don't know.
2: Wouldn't be able to guess. Um, customization of
0: some kind. Okay. Check that out. Uh, it's coming. Uh, David, are you an adventurous entrepreneur?
2: Well, I work in the public sector, so no, I'm not. But are you? Um, or maybe you're ready to just leave the... I don't know if you'd be leaving the rat race, but maybe you want to be your own boss. Maybe you want to uh, own your own company doing something you love and uh maybe you want to move to the philippines <laughs> there's a sim racing studio in the philippines and they're looking to sell the studio actually at around i guess 20 27 thousand dollars and they're he's getting out of the business and selling his studio it's basically an arcade for sim racing
0: yeah it looks like he's got eight simulators four on each side um and he's got a place for snacks and drinks and uh twenty seven thousand bucks and you got a turnkey business, I guess. I don't know about going to Thailand. Is it
2: Thailand or the Philippines?
0: Oh, Philippines, you said. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Philippines. All right, Chris, uh switch gears to the craziest looking cockpit I've seen in a while.
4: Yeah, E 4 sim. And I'm guessing uh all their all their equipment is you uh contact them if you want a price. And no, no, him. you
0: missed one, I think.
4: Oh, did I? <laughs> Let me scroll back up. Oh yeah, I saw I can't. Actually, see this post. Um, I'm not a member of that group. I just oh, sent.
0: Oh, $600 takes. The-
4: yeah, it looks like a uh, a cockpit on wheels, but that's about the only picture I
0: could see. It's oh, a if cockpit you get on, on the wheels.
2: inside, it, If you get it on the inside, it's got row bars, and it, it looks like you're on the inside of a cup car.
0: It's basically uh just like you said. It's it's the interior of a cup car. It's, it's kind the of left on a little front
2: interior of a cup car, basically. Right. Out.
0: Cut in half, right? And it's like on a, a roll cart, like a a pit. A yeah, it was pit, like a pit board box. thing, yeah. a pit box, yep. roll cart, yeah. And it looks like it's sitting in a race shop too, like a race shop built it or whatever. But apparently Jason Jacoby apparently has uh, put it up on iRacing Flea Market for six hundred bucks. Yeah, Joe oh, cool. came across so, this one. Yeah, I used to watch him race. He had he was
4: the one that had that cockpit sitting in his room, the the Gordon one. So maybe this is what's left of it. Yeah, who
0: knows? But uh, that's kind of cool. That's a neat concept. Uh, apparently, it's no longer available, so somebody bought it. All right, next up, uh, Derek Spears Designs on Instagram puts up a drawing of a formula-style wheel, and it says DSD on the design, and there's no comment or words or anything, but uh certainly indicates that maybe Derek is designing his own first wheel to sell. Pretty cool. I mean, he does sell the semi-cube, uh 2 uh, bases. Uh, he is the U.S. distributor, so kind of makes sense that he would uh, sell a wheel to go with it. Why not? Okay, moving on. David Motedis M- Motedis S Dream Rig.
2: Yeah, and if you actually go to the website, you probably have as much trouble pronouncing pronunciating some of the stuff on there too. And I actually had to click the translate button. It looks like a nice little rig. Not, I think it's full eighty twenty on the weight. Uh, the price is cheap. 223 euros. I'm assuming that the four digits behind that is is all a change. I don't I don't know if they do that in Europe now or not, but uh decent price, a lot of features on the uh, it does have some adjustability and it's set up for the the mounts are set up for Fanatec, Thrustmaster, Logitech, all the standard wheels. So check this rig out if you're looking for uh, a nice uh, value purchase, especially if you're in Europe.
0: That's the cheapest 8020 rig I've ever seen. Now, how much would it be to ship that to the U.S.? I have no idea. Uh, uh, if
2: it's 8020, it's still going to be a couple hundred dollars.
0: But that's still cheaper than any 8020 rig you can buy, right?
2: Yeah, but could you imagine paying the same to ship as the actual uh, item?
0: The website, motdis dot com, And they actually have not just this cockpit, the S-Dream. They also just have 8020 parts, uh, pieces and stuff that you can buy um so if you're just looking for uh that kind of thing they also have that
2: yeah we had a teammate that actually that very recently needed to buy a certain set of brackets for his triples so he might should definitely check this out bobby
0: yeah okay chris let's try the e4 sim
4: yeah let's do that one again (laughs) um but yeah so this is a a cockpit definitely up there on the the price range i'm sure it's a call if you want to know the price but um I mean, it, it, if you want top of the line, I'm guessing this is probably going to be it. It looks like they probably make sims for Boeing and NASA, too, judging
0: by the shocks on those things, D-Box. I mean, they're ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is high-end stuff. Uh, I'm on their Instagram page, and uh, they put up a nice video of their this killer motion cockpit. That's way. It's got the big hydraulic arms. It's way up in the air. I mean, the whole thing probably is like 1,300 pounds. I mean, we're talking like... A big, it's like a thing you would see at a fair or a carnival uh, kind of simulator. It's not really a home simulator. Yeah, yeah, those
4: shocks giving it motion looks like something you'd use in a huge hydraulic press to crush cars or something.
0: I mean, they're enormous. Right. I mean, we're talking industrial sim motion rig here, industrial style. I don't know where these guys are out of, but I think it's Europe. Now, they do have a website. It's e4sim.com. And uh, you can see the videos and all the various stuff they have there. Uh, quite amazing. Turkey. That's where they're at. Turkey. I found the address. So, uh, boy, if you're in Turkey, they'll hook you up. All right. Next one is SimLab. It has a new design in progress. Uh, they put up a picture on their Instagram with no comment of a CAD design of, I guess, their new SimRig. Uh what do you guys think of this? Uh, I can't really, I, I guess I'm not familiar with the current rig enough to tell what the difference is. Yeah,
4: same here, no clue.
0: But
2: now, I can't really see much from the first spot.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, but it looks like a, a 3D dimensional kind of drawing, uh, tr- trying to, you know, figure out a new product. You can't
2: really, I can't really tell anything from that. I see the pedals and, and the wheel and the chair.
3: That's it looks it. like it might be like a tubular design. If you kind of look where the wheel mount is, it's kind of like the uh, Track Racer's original rigs, so how it's actually, it has like maybe inch and a quarter tubing. Um, right. That's what so it looks like it won't be an eighty twenty style
0: rig. Yeah, it, it does kind of look like that now that you point that out.
3: And so it looks like it,
2: the tube only comes up on one side. I wonder how stable that, that's going to have to be some heavy-duty tube.
0: I haven't been a fan of those. All right, David, uh, Bobby found this one. Alienware Aurora.
2: This is uh, essentially Dell's gaming desktop service. Uh, a lot of good options in here. A lot of good pricing, uh, and really, I mean, I could go of the specs, but you can customize any of the specs. Uh, they're come. They're almost all coming with ninth, ninth generation i five processors or i sevens. And uh, as you look through them, just you know, make sure you have the storage space and particularly the RAM that you need and the video card, the video cards change from option to option and and you can also upgrade the ram i wouldn't go with the 79 at 9 option that's listed here is the first one but it's, cheap it's, no. it's only got the eight gig of ram that's going to be that's going to kill you most of the other stats are pretty good but i wouldn't want to be there and i don't know if i would want an i5 either that seems like it just kind of buying an out-of-date cpu
0: the the big one is a 1750 it's a i7 9700k uh 16 gigabyte of ram and then the 2080 video card. So I don't know if that's a good deal or not. But if you don't want to build a computer, I mean, this has name brand parts. And you're getting a 2080. You're getting Intel. You know, you're getting good stuff. And Dell builds it. So I don't know. I'd still build build my own if I can do it.
2: Yeah, putting a com- you, you really almost can't not put a computer together if you just do a little, if you either have a friend or ha- do a little reading because you can't put anything where it won't go. Where you're going to get in trouble is just knowing what to order. I think it's more of the challenge of building it than actually putting it together.
0: Okay. Next up, uh, sim-motion.com is a storefront, I think, out of Europe, where they sell a motion actuator. You can just buy the actuator uh, as low as $1,149. These are like D-Box style actuators. I guess that you would get four, you know, one on each corner kind of thing. Uh, But they do have kits where you can buy uh, two, three, or four uh, as a kit. And uh, they also offer, uh, they resell uh, track racer cockpits and uh, AccuForce uh, V2s as well. So I couldn't figure out what country they are. Based on the language, I think it's Germany. All right, Chris Scales, uh, 2080 Ti Super. Tony Groves found this one. Uh,
4: Yeah, so there was an article in Tech Radar that um, pointed to a leaker, a well-known leaker, um, that just simply put, uh, 2080 Ti Super, 4608, 16 gigabits per second. And so what that's pointing to is that we're going to have a, there's a super card um, with roughly, I guess, probably about, Three hundred more CUDA cores and two gig two gigabit per second faster than the the twenty eighty TIs we have now. And like I said, it's it's probably sitting there. I guess I if I was Nvidia, I probably wouldn't announce this card either. If I was still tr- still trying to sell my TIs, <laughs> but so it looks like the card is most likely it most likely exists. It's
0: just a matter when they're going to announce it.
2: Well, I'm guessing what the price might be. I bet you they don't have problems selling. T- yeah.
0: yeah, this is. Probably guessing early next year, you know, 2020 kind of thing. But, yep, the 2080 TI Super. All right, next up, a, a topic idea from listeners. Uh, hey, guys, send in your topic ideas. We love this. It certainly helps uh, lighten the load of finding topics. And if you find one, all you have to do is just email us a link at iRacersLounge at com. So uh, thanks to Brian McCubbin for sending in Uh, This website, it's vroptician.com. Did I say that right? Yeah. Optician. Optician, Okay, vroptician.com. It's a website for prescription lenses for the Valve Index and the HP Reverb headsets. And so if you have one of those two headsets, you can get prescription lenses inserts. Well, they actually, on their website, they
4: make them for just about every headset. Oh, they do. Yeah, I was uh, wondering
2: because we've seen a site before
4: for for the Rift, and haven't you looked into that, Chris? Yes, yeah. So this uh, they have them for just about every headset, and they're uh, seventy bucks for no matter which one you have, pretty much. And they're um, they clip over top of the lenses in your headset now, so you can see as well as you could with with glass. You know, if, like you were wearing your glasses, but you don't have to wear your glasses in in the headset.
2: Are you still wearing your glasses in your
4: headset? Uh, no, I wear contacts I, don't, I never tried to wear my glasses in there but okay. yeah this is this is actually a pretty good idea for somebody like me where I could pop these things in you know for 70 bucks and then take my contacts out before I put my headset on and you know you're not having for two hours your eyes aren't getting dry because you tend not to blink when you're racing <laughs> I yeah found.
2: I don't know I don't know why i I've, I've gotten to the age now where I have to re- wear readers but um it doesn't affect me in the rifts even though that's all focusing really close it's because the design to make it f- feel really far away to your eyes or not. But that's interesting because at some point I'm, I'm going to be in that boat. I'm pretty sure.
4: Well, and uh, the other night uh, my wife fired up the stove and there was something in the bottom of it. And it was, it wasn't, you know, it didn't smoke up the house, but it was there was enough smoke that it was irritating my eyes. Something you'll have if you have contacts in that you wouldn't have if you were wearing glasses, and so it would have been a good time to have something like this because you you, know, you can't rub your eyes when you're wearing these VR goggles.
2: You can, uh, by the way, also send those these stories in through through our Facebook websites. In fact, that's how Brian contacted us. And also, neat, neat little note: he's a member
4: of the OBRL. Yeah, yeah, great article, and like I said, could definitely help out a lot of people with VR that
0: wear glasses. Contacts. Well, if you click on it to check out, you can actually type in your prescription. Uh, it's got places that, where you put in your actual uh, prescription from your autometrist for the left and right eye, and uh, and you order it, and they ship it to you. Pretty cool. And cheap. Okay. David, uh, final story, a full tour of SimSeat.
2: Yeah, right. SimSeat is a, a local, well, you know, a U.S.-based sim rig company, right? Yeah. And uh, this is a nice 16 minute or 18 minute long video, which they tour several of their different demos that they have sitting on the floor. And if you, I, I didn't really get a chance to watch the video, but I, I just thumbnailed through it. And towards the end, they have a really nice dual projector rig with the screen wrapping completely around you at about 180 degrees and a nice, very nice, nice, large size. If I ever had to go away f- from VR, I would want to get something like this, this probably rather than triples. It looks pretty cool.
0: It does. I mean, that's the big thing about this video I like is they show th- the R&D room. So this is the where they're doing R&D. They're planning their new products. And this is what they're working on for the future is this uh, projection, dual projection system. And like you said, it's a half circle screen with two projectors up above, and it looks really good. Uh, Coupled it with a a GS5 motion seat uh, with some really good pedals and wheel, and it's got a really neat package. And uh, on their regular stationary rig as well, I'll mention that. The other neat thing about this video, uh, earlier in the video, is he goes through a tour of the shop where they actually build and construct these rigs. Uh, they they have raw metal. They cut it out. They cut into links. They have it all set up on shelves. Put together. They actually weld the pieces together. Then they send it over to another room where they powder coat it. Then they send it to another room where they assemble it. And it's really kind of a you know a manufacturing process. He kind of walks you through. And it's interesting to see a rig being built or a cockpit actually being built uh, in the different processes it goes through. I didn't really realize it until you think about it that, you know, it does take quite a bit to build these. Now, this is a video by Anthony Alfredo. Uh, He is a sim racer uh, we've talked about before. He's also a truck racer in the truck series. Uh, and, uh, he's been doing, uh, a bunch of cool videos. This is a neat one. Sim seats was a sponsor on his truck, I think for a race or two. And that's how he uh, knows these guys. And, uh, he went to where they build the cockpits and got a, a full tour. And, uh, boy, I really, really, really like that, uh, projection system though that, um, that they're working on. All right. With that, let's jump to the NASCAR iRacing series, Homestead. Let's finish out the season Thursday fixed. I got a P6. Uh, finally, uh, there was a 230-lap green flag run before several cautions. I was uh, 21st laps down, but made it back to a nice top 10. So I was kind of in that mode in this race where I was I was laps down. We never could get a caution. Nobody was wrecking, and I was just kind of bummed. I'm like, I'm going to finish 21st. I'm going to finish 25th. And then a caution came out, and guess what? It changed the day. I mean, I got up to 6 And uh, back then, I I had no idea. I I never would have thought I got a P6. Uh, But, you know, with the way the cautions fell and everything, it just worked out. Uh, Nick Williams ran as well. He got P3. Great run for him. He did lead 23 laps. He did set the fastest time of the race and brought it home third in one piece on a green-white checker. So, uh, congrats to Nick. He's been running uh real hot since he joined us. Friday open. I have a do not, did not finish. I got caught up in a wreck. The engine blew with 30 to go. I was trying to nurse it home and yeah, it finally blew up. Uh Greg Hectus got a P seventeen. Uh he said he went the wrong way on the set. Uh he was trying to work on his own set and he kinda went the wrong way with it and the car was junk. Uh David, you ran uh you and I ran the same set though, a different one. Uh you put took yourself out at the beginning.
2: Yeah, it, it got loose in the process of trying to save it. I didn't and guys couldn't avoid me. Um sucks for them and sucks for them more, suck but even that's really when I get the most frustrated is what is when it is my fault and there's no way around it. Uh it's it's harder you know you know what I mean. You get you get it hard on yourself. But yeah, it's just the Miami sets we had a really good set, but it was really temperature-sensitive. And on the hard, on the hot tracks, it would run loose. On the cold tracks, it would run really tight. And this was when I discovered that.
0: Whoops. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then Sunday open, P7. Not yes. a bad run. Yep.
2: Uh, I was running P5, and I had the set adjusted a lot better for the weather, but it was still just a little too snug and was tight on that last run, and I had a couple of guys that were close to running me down. I felt the pressure dinged the wall and at that point. Uh, we were so that It actually cost me fuel mileage. The damage actually affected the fuel mileage, and I couldn't make it on fuel anymore. So I had to slow down a little and give up a couple of spots. But I'll take the P7. It was a good finish to the year.
0: So I had a P6 and fix, but a crappy result. And so not great for Homestead. But let's talk a, a points, a year in review. Um, man, I got four wins this year uh in open uh michigan daytona vegas and tally i also got a fixed and uh fixed win at tally um p19 in points in division two p53 overall in the nascar open series uh ryan coon won the overall nis open fyi and then david you were 31st overall
2: 31st overall p10 in division two uh be Pretty happy with that I was pretty feeling pretty intimidated that I got bumped up to Division Two this year, but uh, it, I guess it, I feel like I do belong there. I had wins at Dover and Daga, and a lot of top fives was knocking on the door for a long time. Uh, fun season overall, and I actually really do feel like uh, we'll talk about it more when we do our, spe- our Christmas special, but uh, felt like a cleaner NIS season or not this year than it was the year before.
0: Yep, uh. You know, for me, I am just keep cranking on. Um, I have almost the most starts of anybody in the NIS, and I just want to continue that. Um, Really enjoy that series. I love to just run every week and just see where the points shake out, and that's where they shook out. Uh, I've run better. I've had a P11 uh, in, in division before. And uh, I think uh, P sixteen overall or something like that. So, but uh, like it, it, like it's more competitive now. There's a lot more drivers. I don't think I'm worse, but I'm not better. But uh, looking forward to next week, uh, next year, Daytona five hundred is the next race, guys. Uh, so it's the off season officially. Uh, David, tell us what you're doing in the off season. You ran uh, Montreal and one twice
2: oh yeah that's my favorite track uh yeah i'll be doing mostly road racing during the off season i've already been invited to to run a charity race with the with a group of guys that are podcast listeners uh, you hooked me up with a guy and uh, i'm running them running on in the major series that's gonna be fun uh but yeah i picked up two wins at montreal and that has to be my favorite track because uh, that's my seventh win there now
0: all right, and then uh, you guys, Greg, and uh, you ran the Winter League uh, that Alan Pajari is running. Uh, Greg wrecked out. Uh, you got P20.
2: Yeah, Daytona. Uh, I got caught up in the early wreck, and then the cautions actually played out in my favor, or I would have been a lap down during one of the long runs. Uh a late caution hurt my field strategy because I was be I was going to be able to stretch it and finish really well but I was still running towards the top 15 and then there was a wreck at the front and there was a car that was spun that clearly made no effort to come back on the track and that and that killed me wiped me out but still you know I'll I'll take the P20 to start the season um it's better than it, it could be better could be worse
0: better than Greg did <laughs> but uh, Marcus Richardson got the win I understand uh so congrats to him uh they're running the xfinity uh tonight in fact i think it might be starting in any the, moment
2: the practice server i guess yeah the practice server or the practice session uh, goes up now running it's like a 50 minute practice in the race i don't even own the nationwide car so i will not only be running on mondays
0: yeah i don't own the car either i was thinking about running it but i don't even own the car and the race is about to start so let's jump to final thoughts uh uh, Final Thoughts is sponsored by the All-Star Graphics. Uh, make sure to get them involved for all your stickers, car wraps, banners, and T-shirts. Chris Scales, Final Oh uh,
4: Yeah, work's really cutting into my sim time, and I don't see that probably changing until you know probably all winter. But I should, um, when the sun comes out in the spring, I should be a lot less broke. So maybe I can reward myself for the nice sim rig or something so I don't have to spend an hour and a half updating my rift when I don't use it for a few days
2: <laughs> uh, the most recent update was pretty time consuming wasn't it good god man every week it seems like and okay. it, you bring that up do you go through batteries like crazy on your on your, no you don't because you're on the rift not the rift s the rift oh, no, s yeah. batteries it eats them it eats through them like candy
4: yeah i actually took the battery out of my controllers just to stop that from happening so that that is a workaround but yeah when you get those firmware updates you'll still have to pop them in and do that but aside from that you can just leave them out if you're not using them
2: well i have to use mine to position uh my big overlay monitor because i have my second monitor floating by my feet so i can see jrt and all that stuff
4: yeah take that left one out at least that'll save from half of those messages
2: <laughs> well yeah the left one is never even activated so i haven't run into an issue there but uh, yeah, it's it pops through those batteries like candy. Uh, I'll probably get rechargeables actually after I've run through this pack that I'm that I'm running through right now. Yeah, they need that and a cradle to put them in, <laughs> and just have it charged up all the time. Oh yeah, that'd be nice, definitely. Mine okay. hangs on a shower hook that I added to my
0: rig. Hey, whatever works. All right, David Hall, final thought.
2: So, I spoke last week about uh, Midwest Simulations sending me uh, some LEDs to put into the Rift headset, and I love it. It's uh, perfectly on the outside where I can tell if, it, if it's lit up uh, one uh, one or two dots. it comes out it helps it gets my attention when there's a yellow quicker. Uh, in the league race where we were running at Daytona, I turned my spotter off and just relied on the visual. Um, and it's very handy. Still still a little bit of a do it yourself nature because you kind of put it in there how you want, tape it in how you want. I used velcro that I had from some other project, I don't remember, but I had this, I had this whole roll of Velcro and and I cut little pieces, got it in place, and then once I knew I liked where they were sitting, I I've got the wire the extra wire kind of taped around where it doesn't hang. And it's very nice. And so I'm as a thank you to Scott, I'm obviously talking about it on here and kind of considering him an, a sponsor of sorts for, for sending me the item and letting me help beta test it. Uh you Chris, this is a pretty cheap option. You should look at it. It's pretty it's it is really neat.
0: Yeah, we'll do. So that's Scott Rupp at Midwest S- Simulation. Yep, yep. All right, you can find him on Facebook guys. All right, uh Will Gibson, final thought.
3: I just want to do a couple quick shout outs here from some of our Instagram followers. Um first off Duringo Fabricator. I think I pronounced that right. And Central PA Mountain Riders, Uh, they sent us some messages this week. Uh, Appreciate that. Appreciate you guys listening and following our content there. Um, That's really all I got.
0: Yeah, thanks, Will, for jumping on Instagram on behalf of the podcast. You've been slaying it over there. With some really cool stories and stuff. So if you guys are listeners on Instagram, go check out what Will's uh, putting up. Uh, it's very interesting. Also, that-
3: want a quick thank you for iRacing for not sending us a, like, a cease and assist letter for using some of their content to post up there. We just want to promote iRacing, and uh, they put out a lot of good stuff this week. And I stole, stole some screenshots, but uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Well, we've, right.
2: act- we've actually visited with, with the guys that are, are writing their pro- podcast, which I enjoy listening to. And we, we have a pretty good understanding.
0: Yeah, I think uh, self-promotion of, uh, is a good thing. I mean, uh, so we're promoting them. Hopefully they promote us. But uh, yeah, uh, my final thoughts, uh, boy, uh, you know, the season's over. I don't even know what to do with myself. I was at work yesterday thinking, man, I'm ready to race this week. And I, it just does not sunk in that there's no race, you know, and there's nothing to do. And so I have no more NIS. So it's kind of an odd week for me every year when this happens. But Uh, it's okay. We need the off season. It drives the, you know, the desire for the wins the next season to, you know, get those points when Daytona 500 comes and that kind of thing. So uh, enjoy the off season. So I ran some carb cups, pickup cup. I ran some dirt, some pro four trucks and just some, you know, fun stuff. I wasn't trying to, to tear down the place, just want to run the car and And see where it shakes out. So uh, that's kind of what I've been doing this week and uh, excited about our guest lineup. We've had a lot of pro drivers that are currently, that haven't been in the peak series on the show, so everybody can get to know them. We will continue that trend. Uh, The next time the pro series runs, we'll get another one. And then uh, on the finale, we'll get one. We got Zach Novak booked for next week. He is currently at a racetrack right now running a uh, late model car uh on with nascar and so nascar is hooking him up he was going to come on today but obviously he's busy uh but he's going to come on next week and tell us all about all his winnings his trip to homestead uh this his time at the racetrack today with nascar and all those things so looking forward to that and then we got dave cam the week after that that will hooked us up with Uh, one of our listeners he's coming on to tell us about what he's up to and with that we'll see you on the track later.